0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of EG's Tech Talk Radio with me, EG editor Sam McClary. On today's show, I'm talking with Mike Gordon, the relatively newly installed chief executive of Alter's Group. Over the next 30 minutes or so, we talk about everything from Alter's Group's recent acquisition of Finance Active and how tech is enabling real estate to manage debt better. We also find out more about Alter's Group's plans for growth. So, You know what to do. Grab your trainers, head outside for a little bit of outdoor aural treats from the EG Property Podcast, or just sit back, grab a cuppa and enjoy.
1: I'm very pleased to be joined transatlantically. Because um, we can do that with podcasts now, because we don't have to be in the same room. Um, by Mike Gordon, who's the chief executive of Altus Group. Um, Mike, hello and welcome. How are you doing?
2: I'm I'm really good, and hi to you. It's uh, good to get up in the morning and do this transatlantically with you. I uh, I literally am at the easternmost part of the United States, as I I can look across the ocean. I can't see you, but I know that about. 3200 miles away there you
1: are. If so, we were waving we could almost be waving to each other. Yeah, the virtual wave exactly. <laughs> um so we're here today because you guys have just made quite significant in investment and an uh, investment into I guess I guess fintech isn't it that that we <laughs> would we, we would say um and I, I'm really keen to learn a little bit more from you about that acquisition of um finance active and and I guess what, what, and why, um, why you bought that that business, and what what it's going to deliver or add to the to the Altus portfolio.
2: Well, you know, the funny part is people said, "Oh, you're a new CEO, so you're going to go buy something." I'm like, "No, no, no, we're going to do something like really thought provoking and, and do it in the right way." I think um, I, on this one, this was a, a pretty easy thought process for us is is you're coming into a business, you're taking a look at the strategy and you're deciding, okay, what is your runway on your markets for your current products? Where are your adjacencies? And, you know, what are your customers need? And what are your customers asking for? And, you know, I had the ability to sit back and talk to a ton of our investment funds who use us, our asset managers, the owner operators. And what it became very clear to me was, where we do a, a phenomenal job of helping on these uh, the risk management and the valuation of these commercial real estate assets on an equity side, there was also the debt side that seemed to be coming into play a lot more. And when you think about that, that gives you a 360-degree view of like what are you doing with this asset and how are you trying to manage this asset? Um, my my previous background in you know in in fintech at FICO and call credit was very much that you know the debt place became very big, especially after the last financial crisis. And looking at where we were with COVID, you know, the ability to manage through that looked like it was something that was interesting to us and that we could bring to our customers. Uh, so we started down the path of like like any good um, technology company. We're going to try to build it and we started down we got a couple customers it was really fast and then you know our team said you know we started identifying partners that we could work with and you know we found finance active and as we were looking at like what they could do across our use cases we were like okay this makes a lot more sense for us so you know they were not only um, managing the debt side and um, doing the debt valuation pretty well but they were also getting into the um, debt covenant management. Uh, portion of things for the the banking part of um, commercial real estate, which we thought was very interesting. We also liked that what they were trying to do um, in the public sector, which you know we have a tax business that works in the public sector quite quite often, and so there was a there was a synergy there. And then finally, um, as we were looking at it, uh, we have made it clear over the last couple of years that we want to be more um embedded in in europe and you know we've made acquisitions um in the uk with cbs and with uh in france but you know i i i've grown businesses as an american or a north american in europe before and you need a good ground game you need people there you need people who can speak the language and we looked at their team and where they were in continental europe and we felt that we could uh we could leverage our products through their channels and vice versa they could leverage their their products through our channels in north america so it seemed to make sense for those uh, those different reasons
1: and on a, on a sort of practical turn how how does it how does it work for for your customers what do they what do they get out of utilizing um finance active
2: well the 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 use case which i call the nirvana use case that it's going to come out is that I, you know, and I, we've shown this already to a couple of customers and where it's getting finalized is on one page, they can take a look at each asset and take a look at their ex- risk exposure from an equity and a debt position, and then be able to make decisions and like what's happening as changes go across that. So when you're going through the valuations of very complex assets that are part of like multi-billion uh, dollar pound funds, now you can actually see how those changes are happening to you real time. And you can make a uh, a better set of decisions around that. In the past, we did a great job on the equity side, all great. But at the same point, you know, leverage today is becoming, you know, something that's going to be incredibly important. So that's the first that's the first thing that they get out of it. I think the second thing that they get out of it um, is that how are they managing those debt loads, especially as things are going to be changing? Um, I, I I would forecast like the next two or three years, we're going to see. Uh, a little bit of a tumultuous time as things go back and forth as we figure out what, how the shakeout in uh, commercial real estate is going to be. And I, it's not that there's going to be any panic, but I think that you're, you're going to see a lot of changes changes in valuation. So having both levers being able to be managed pretty closely together and giving you that view of the asset, that becomes incredibly important. So I think that those couple things will be pretty good. And those are the use cases we're going for.
1: And is that you know we have one of the words I suppose that's been used so much over the last twelve twelve months is accelerant and we've certainly seen that in in technology and in in real estate's use of technology and I, and I, I'd love to hear from from you whether you are you're seeing that too and you know the the very necessary uh, need to be able to understand um, debt going, going forward. Cause I think you're, you're right. There's, um, there's, there's a lot of transition to come a little bit of pain, maybe a lot of pain to come. So understanding the, the situation you're in uh, it, wholly is going to be more and more important, isn't it? Yeah,
2: it is. And I think it comes down to like, I, every, every real estate company that I'm talking to t- would tell me that they're a data company today. Um, I'm not exactly sure if I believe that I believe they hold data. But I think that you want to be an information company and you want to be able to like take that data and turn it into an information for, because you want to be able to make decisions on what you want to do. It was the same thing like what financial services went through in 2008, 2009, 2010. And you know when you look at the debt loads that they had, it took about three to four years to work out. And I think we're going to go through a cycle here. And but you need to have the information and be able to see what you're dealing with and how you're dealing with it. And I think today, I think there's a lot of heuristics around this, but I don't think that there's actual like, for lack of better terms, analytics. And I, I, I you know, uh, you'll find I'm a, I'm a little bit of an analytical geek. Um, I did analytics before they were cool in in in, in college. And um, and and from that perspective, I think that as you're collecting this information and you're applying some predictive analytics to it, it's not that you're just looking for that Uber score that's gonna give you something like, oh, this building scores this and you should do this, but it's the it's the reason codes that come out of like, why did something come up? And then as you know, people are taking a look at managing the assets from a debt side of the equation and seeing that equity, the equity change, then you can take a look about how you wanna simulate through your portfolio or how you wanna optimize that portfolio to manage it differently. And I think that's where you're gonna to start to see, like as you get into the pain, the cycles can be lessened. I think one of the issues that happened in the financial crisis 10 years ago was they weren't ready for that. And a lot of the things that caused tons of pain for the first two years where they just didn't know where the height of the mountain was, right? And it kept going higher and higher. But once they started applying, oh, we have all this data, we see where this is going, we can start to do it, and and then you can make logical decisions. Well, then you can lessen the pain, not only for your institution, but also for, at the time, the end customers. And it can be the same thing that's going to be worked here. You can make decisions on like, okay, if you're managing both sides of the valuation, how are you going to lease differently? How are you going to service the building differently? What are you going to do around the tax side of things? And so from that perspective, I think that's where we get really excited about it. And so it'll be the combination of this and the analytics that we do, which we think will really drive um, some good change in this industry.
0: And
1: is there enough um, transparency in in the data to to enable that, or in the market to enable that? And and particularly around debt, I suppose it's, debt is always something I've thought has been pretty opaque. We have, you know, we don't <laughs> we don't get we don't get a lot of um, data pu- pushed out there around yeah. um, debt.
2: I think I, I liken it to like when I talk to my little guys, my my kids, it's like the penguins of Madagascar, Manas- nothing to see over here. Right. Um, don't take it. You know, um, I think that, it, that it's not that it's opaque per se. I think that it's like, how do you collect it and how do you use it as it comes through your systems? Uh, everybody sits back and likes to sit back and have these large data sets. Uh, you know, you could sit to talk to all these companies in whatever industry you want, and they have these phenomenal data sets and they'll talk about it, but they have no idea what to do with them or how to monetize on top of that. And I, and I think for us, where we sit, the thing that we can offer is that as things run through our systems, this is a cloud-based technology, just like we're pushing on Argus and you know, where we're taking all our, our pieces and parts, we see the changes. And the, you know when you see the derivative of the data, that's what I think becomes most important. At the end of the day, the address of the building is not necessarily gonna change. Now, you might have four addresses depending on which which entrance you go into. That's a, That's an interesting part I found in this, in things. And, you know, leases will change and people coming in and out of the building will change. And that's definitely, but those are the things that you wanna be able to see, like what's gonna be transitioning that and like how that's going to impact the debt side of the equation. And so from that perspective, as we see changes and we see those valuations change, you build up a for lack of better terms, a footprint on the asset. And as you build up that footprint on the asset, you can start to say, okay, how is the value of this asset changing? And from that standpoint, you don't have to re- you don't have to wait for a for lack of better terms, a sale or a uh, event where you're just like, oh, this is this is what that value looks like, and then you get you get called out. Now you actually can be doing these little tasks along the way and making sure that you have a pretty good sense of what's going on there.
1: I think I think the use of data and in and tech in in valuations and in in sort of making decisions on on the investment case for buildings, et, et cetera. Is it's really, really interesting. And over here in the in the UK at the moment, there's a, a big consultation going on by the RICS on 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 valuations. And there's you know there's obviously a need to update the process that w- that we use in this in this country. And uh, I, I I assume that tech should have a big role to play in, in that. And just wondered what what your thoughts were on 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 the role of tech going forward across the real estate industry.
2: Uh- Listen, I I think that the role of tech is going to, you know, like everybody is going to come on and say to you, it's going to ever expand. There's no doubt. But what we're, it's not just the workflows that will expand. And it's not just um, the user interfaces and the interactions and building up uh, the uh, integrations between different solutions. Those things will be important. But what it really is, it is, I think it's going to be the addition of, what I would call augmented analytics to the logic that people are using and helping the people work and simulate it and optimize what they need to do with this. So if you think about it as you're working with governmental a- agencies, my, our belief is that, you know, as we build our workflows that come through um, Argus or now through Fairways from um, Finance Active, and we tie those in and, and we build an ecosystem, those can be like, you know, like, a, you know, I always liken it to like the, the rail system in Britain, everything goes back and forth to London and you go, you go out. So you build the rail system, but that rail system becomes incredibly complicated over time. And, you know, I used to go back and forth the Leeds all the time. And if one train got out of whack, you know, everything, the knock on effect afterwards. Well, it's the same thing with predictive analytics when you're riding on that, you know, if you can, if you, if you can I- identify those things to optimize all the time, then you can run your system pretty well. And I think from that perspective, the combination between working with the governments and working with the private enterprises, if you have that in place, you can actually get to a a more um, a simpler va- valuation um, proposition. Now, once you do that, then there will be, uh, you know, then you'll get people like arguing on littler things <laughs> versus the bigger things. But I think that if you can use that and you can have like a, a, a you know, some sort of like standardization around certain things, then that makes a lot of sense. And so, you know, when we look at it, that's where we would like to deploy the analytics and especially on the debt side, you know, you see that very simply when you look at in the UK, the UK on the on the financial services side was led on affordability or led on using credit scores. And it just became, here are the things that became pretty normal. Now people can get their credit scores and led to open banking. Um, not to, gonna say that there's gonna be maybe an open, Commercial real estate fund, but there could be, and over time, as you get into that, it demystifies some of this stuff, and and you get you get to something that can move a little faster and move a little more seamlessly,
1: which, which is definitely required in real estate. It? It's not the fastest of moving <laughs> moving um, sectors. It, it, it it's
2: um it's it's going to get there. I I think that when you see um like a crisis like COVID, it's it is it is something that um you take giant leaps forward. I think, you know, as a company, you know, we do a lot of technology and services. And, you know, last year, I think we did pretty good in a, in a, in a COVID world. We were we were happy with what we did. It wasn't like our banner year, but it was a good year. Um, but we can already start to see pipelines are starting to grow faster because I think what's ended up happening is when when you have that kind of, you know, that, that pressure on a company, everybody's like, stop doing everything. But once they realize they can't, they stopped it all and they can't figure out what else to do. And then they realize, oh, if we had this tech, we could do more or we could do this, we could do more. And you realize the gating factors you have in the business. So I think we look, ex- we get excited about this stuff now because this is something like we're having some really good conversations with our customers on this.
1: And do you think there's been that, that, that shift that actually real estate does think, oh, actually tech can help me with this now. Cause I, you know, I've had conversations on, on this podcast before with, um with um people where you know we've talked about you know we're, we're a bit frightened of tech it's going to take our jobs it's gonna <laughs> um you know the 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 robots are coming and and it was uh you know five ten years ago people were afraid that it was a, a job destroyer whereas now to me it feels like people particularly this year have, have realized oh actually this can help help me with my job
2: Well, I think like in any kind of revolution, I mean, it's sort of like, you know, you look at the industrial revolution, right? And okay, that, you know, in some sectors that that took out jobs in agricultural or agrarian parts of the society, but it shifted jobs somewhere else. I think that as you're getting into a world here, like we are the the number of opportunities that we can see we can't hire fast enough. In some, in some cases. And, you know, and I think there's a there's a huge amount of opportunity. And as to, like, the greater tech taking on, or no, great, the greater CRE taking on tech, I think it's just a matter of time. I, I think that once you get into this, you're going to get into, you know, small companies are going to innovate, and technology is a great equalizer. It's a phenomenal equalizer. And when they're going to innovate, they're going to find their ways of taking, taking, you know market share large companies may not innovate as fast but like tech they'll use as a defense and so you know i think that you're going to watch um, a good evolution I, I don't know if it'll be a complete revolution but i think that for us we're are you know going to the cloud for all of our products there's a lot of push and we see a lot of um, our customers starting to um, be incredibly interested since i've been on you know, our the number of users that we've had on our cloud contract has gone up three times, um, and that's I mean that's in seven months, just about three times. To be fair, I I, I tend to round up. Um, the uh, but you know the the amount of data that's starting to be used is is um, is is increasing. Everybody every customer I know of is looking at visualization tools and seeing how can they look at this stuff. Uh, You know, my view is that, you know, seen it, you know, been in different industries looking at, I think analytics are going to be key to this. And it doesn't mean that it has to be analytics that take, you know, replace somebody. Like if you did uh, an AVM, it's not going to replace our appraisal management guys. In fact, it's going to augment what they do. And it means we're going to be able to get into different sectors. And like when we use debt and you can pull that into that, now we'll be able to service debt funds or REITs or things like that. So I think, you know, there's going to be more opportunities that are coming because things are just going to move a lot faster. And
1: um, sticking with opportunities, and and um, while I do want you to give away all of your um, secrets, uh, I, I don't sure. expect you to give all away your your secrets. Um, can we can we talk a little bit about, I guess, about the future and um, where you see opportunities in in the future, and and I guess your ambition for for Altus.
2: Well I think um you know I I came to Altus for when I when I looked at it for one major reason I liked the real estate that we held in in the commercial real estate space I mean when I looked at like what we did for our customers whether it's in our altus analytics group or it's in our tax business or even it's in its cost business i mean we you know it's all about risk management and valuation and enhancing those things that's in my mind that's a great place to be because that means you're adding a good amount of value to um to end customers and your solutions are valuable where we're going to go with that is you're going to see us continue to digitize and, and take use technology and data and analytics to enhance our services. Um, you know, we are in, on the Altus Analytics side, uh, you know, obviously we we, we, we bought uh, Finance Active, but we just bought another um, company called Stratidem, which, you know, works on data analytics around um, uh, assets. And we think that that will deploy very nicely. On additionally, on the tax side, all three of our, um, tax businesses in the UK, the US and Canada are deploying um, what I would call foundational tax infrastructure so that, you know, those rails so that we can build that and we can tie that into our customers and tie the customers into our ecosystems a little bit more fully. And then even on the cost side, I think you're gonna watch us use uh, Finance Active when it comes to like the financing uh, of those projects and how our cost guys work and, you know, from their, from their engineering perspective, how that works together. And so, you know, in my view, you're going to see a business, you know, we've started the transformation. We're going to accelerate that transformation. You're going to see us be a business that's very much, you know, the four legs of the stool, technology, services, data, and analytics. Um, from a perspective of goals, you know, we want to be, a you know, a high-growth company. And What does that mean? Double digital organic growth. I've said this to analysts. I've said this to investors. I can say this to you. Um, and we're going to be, we're going to work to be more profitable, and we're going to be more, work to be more global. And if we're innovative, then we'll do that. If we're not innovative, our customers will tell us, and they'll be very disappointed with us. And then, you know, maybe you and I will be talking about something else because my, <laughs> my, my shareholders might not like me to be around that much longer. But I think that's, the, that's the goals for us. And I think this industry is ready for it. And I think, you know, where our ecosystem sits is we cross so many different entrants and players in this market space I think that we can play a good role in um, helping transform them and finding some real value.
1: Um, What do you think of the the sort of competitive landscape I've certainly over the last um, year been writing a lot of stories about almost every day about the latest um, SPAC that's been launched that's you know (laughs) focused on um, digital real estate data there's a a lot of people (laughs) wanting to get into it isn't there?
2: Well, you know, listen. I think the competitive landscape is very simple. I think, um, you know, I, I go back to the word that I said earlier. You have to innovate. You know, um, you know we are seen as a very good from. We we just went through um, customer surveys, and I would tell you that we seem to be a trusted partner. We're needed. We're on the verge of being very valued, and i'm very I'm very critical about us so when this happens. and you sit back and talk to our guys, you you need to be absolutely valued every day from your customer. And I think that we're cranking part of it is you have to crank up the innovation engine. and there's a I always think about it like this, that companies who are on that technical journey or you know are are changing that stuff, there's that 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 spectrum of um, innovation to arrogance. And if you start pushing, if you if 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 people perceive you as arrogant, you're, you're, nobody wants to go along with that. If people see you as in, in innovative and you're bringing out new solutions, they understand the confidence and they, they they know where you're going, that's a good place to be. And I think for us, as we're getting into a competition with other people, you're right. It's like a, I, I kind of find it it's like a horse race in the old American West that. Whoever can get to that field first gets the right, the good, pe- the good pick and can plant. their crops And the next field is really bad. It's you got to do it. You got to be innovative. Like we're going to go through and put out our roadmaps. And, you know, we've talked about features and functions before, but we're going to be very much. This is where we're going. Here's why we're going there. We've talked to customers. Um, Customers sometimes customers are very right in what they want, but they also want somebody to say, What are you thinking about in the next three to four years? And so that's where we're gonna go. And so we're gonna lay that vision out there. Um, and and we'll we'll probably be uh a very transparent versus opaque on it. And some people would say, Well, you're telling your competitors what you're gonna do. It's like, Yeah, that's okay. Um, you know, didn't say exactly how we were gonna do it, but this is where we're going. We think this is important. So let's talk about that. So I think it's a balance between it. And, you know, everybody going out there with SPACs and getting money through that and doing, hey, more power to them. If they, can, if, they get, if, they, if they do a good job and they've convinced the market, that's great. That, that pushes the market. I'm very happy to sit back and partner with them. You'll find us to be a very open ecosystem. I, I don't like working on a closed circuit. It doesn't usually work that well.
1: And I guess if it, you know, creates conversation around the importance of data and technology in in real estate, and highlights how how much more work there is to is to do to digitise um, in a, in our sector, then that that's no bad thing, is it?
2: I don't think it is a bad thing. And like, I, like, like we talked about before, you know, maybe a number of years ago, you know, people were a little bit worried about what it meant for it. I don't think people see it as that much of a worry. I think they worry if they don't do it, they'll get left behind. So I think you're coming to that point where, you know, it, it's, it's going to come. But like, how do you manage it and how do you take advantage of it? Because that innovation is always going to happen. Um, now, maybe as a sector, this is not going to be the sector that that pushes and challenges things faster than anything else, but at the same point, this could be also a sector that applies an innovation that nobody has ever seen before and tried to do something else. I think the main thing that you have to find is when you when you do this, it's like you have to have the right technology, you have to figure out standard forms of data, and from there, you can start to apply it to solve problems you know, technology that, don't, that doesn't solve a problem and doesn't have a use case, Yeah, whatever, it's, it's cool. You know, you know, I, I, you know I, can, I can teach a robot how to um, uh, toast bread, but okay, how much bread do I need? <laughs> so, you know, and is it worth the time? Like I, I need that to happen. So I think that's kind of like where, you know, you'll find us being very much on, on like what use case, what's the tangible value and, and, and where does this lead the industry?
1: Fantastic, and and just to round us off, I, I suppose, as a as a a relative newcomer, I suppose. And um, what's your what are your hopes? What are your hopes for the sector, for the real estate sector, in in terms of, um, I guess what it can do, glo- more globally. So you know, sort of more for we we talk a lot at E G around um E S G. Obviously, at at the moment, I think tech has a huge role to play play there as, as well but real estate is going through a massive transformation at the moment yeah. and it'd be i'd love to hear from you i guess some final thoughts on where it could go
2: ah uh, well i mean i think that listen anything that around sustainability or being environmentally friendly right now it's not in vogue it's reality i mean let me let me just let me just state it's reality and if anybody doesn't believe what's going on i mean i sit back and talk to people and i've met people who are skeptics it's like it's happening i think that as leaders of any business it's our responsibilities to focus on that focus on diversity equity and inclusion and really try to move things forward um, if you have again I, I always say i said technology is a great um uh, a great equalizer If you apply the technology and the and the person's knowledge and know how, it's amazing how fast you can move on things. So, for instance, like some of our uh, some of our uh, tax work we're doing in North America now, um, just on the sustainability side of things and really working through that and applying, you know, governmental procedures and things and helping the companies is 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 driving huge benefits because there's government programs out there that nobody knows about. the ability to, to take the data in during the engineering phase of, of a construction project and make the right choices versus, you know, okay, well, the, the expeditious choices. I mean, you're talking about assets that are going to have to last many years. And as a result, how are you doing that and how are you making them more sustainable? Uh, I think you're going to see more from us on this. And then just the pure appraisals and and the and the of, of these assets over time, I think, is going to start pushing these valuations. There's, you know, I mean, I, I remember, like, when I got to London in, in 2009, and, you know, I had my first congestion zone charge. I was like, oh, my God, that's just crazy. All right. But, yeah, it makes sense. Well, then I moved to a diesel car. I felt good at the time for moving to a diesel car. And then you realize that that wasn't good. And... And now you're like, okay, now I got my first electric car, and you're like, yeah, I, I'm I'm a, I'm an American, so I have a truck, so don't don't hurt me on that. But it's for a purpose. Um, but I think that as you're doing that over time, you can see like just in ten years, just like how some of the technology has shifted. That I think we can do the same thing with these assets. And I mean, you know, if you build the building in the right way and make the buildings more these assets more greener and they think you know more. Just imagine what the impact could be. And so I think, you know, this is going to be something that's going to be critical. And I think that will lead to a new boom in in um real estate. I think that's maybe a couple years out, but like, you know, I, I have no doubt that, you know, even in the US, you're seeing like remnants of the or remnants of the Green New Deal coming through. It's coming. It it just, you know, and I think that to push back on that. I think is, is not going to happen. So I think as, as, as tech companies, we have to be able to support that, that, and be and be in front of that.
1: I think it, it sounds like it's an exciting time to be in, in tech and real estate and a, and a time where you really can be innovative and, and, and make a big, big difference. So I'll, I'll look forward to seeing that from, from you, Mike.
2: Yeah, you can, you're going to hold. I can tell you're going to hold me to that, Sam. So <laughs> it'll be the first question the next time we talk. So what have you done for me lately? Uh, so, anyways, no, I, I look forward to it. It's kind of fun. This is uh, I've had a lot of fun so far. I, it's not every day where you do your job and you just say, Wow, well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm having more fun. So that's it's 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 good. There's a lot of change we can do, and you know, it, it's 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 better than sitting on the
1: sidelines. Absolutely, and we look forward to following following along and and playing playing the odd game. I'm sure. Absolutely. Fantastic, Mike. Thank you very much for for sharing your insights with us today on this EG Property podcast.
0: Thank you for joining us for this episode of the EG Property Podcast. We hope you found the content insightful and helpful. If you'd like more of the same and to keep up with all the latest news, views, analysis and research that the EG Group has to provide, be sure to sign up to all of our property podcasts and subscribe to Radius Data Exchange for unlimited access to all of our content and comprehensive commercial real estate data.